Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be a human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. We have news for you all. Yeah, we are so excited to share that as so many of you have asked for us to host more than just one week-long immersive experience, we are bringing another retreat into the fold this year. And this time we're headed to Nosara, Costa Rica, June 3rd through 10th. Yeah. We heard you. We heard you. We're doing more. We're trying. (laughs) This time, though, we're actually bringing in two of our dear friends and colleagues to come along with us and join the party. So we're going to have Ashley Torrent and Millie Murillo there. Um, And honestly, the four of us together, I don't know, our powers combined, drawing from our collective work in the healing modalities of psychotherapy, coaching, mediumship, astrology, somatic movement, group processing, all the things. We'll be supporting you all in reclaiming every aspect of the most fulfilling life you can possibly live. It's going to be such a transformational week. I'm so excited already. And if you are interested in learning more, you can go to the link in either of our social bios or head over to Vanessa's website at vanessabennett.com. And we have payment plans available for this one as well. Yeah, definitely hit me up on email if you want to know more about that. We are super excited and we hope to see you all there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. We've got a little bit of a a special recording, I guess, for you today. Yeah. I love that. What do you call it? Butter knifing? We're sort of bringing all of the different elements of all the different places we're having conversations in the car on IG Lives when we're just hanging out. I don't want to steal that. That was actually John's quote, butter knifing. Okay. John, I'm giving you credit. Not that he listens to this, I'm sure, but I'm giving him credit. Um, No, we had a really good conversation on IG Live a few weeks ago or maybe a week ago. God, I don't know. My perception of time is all over (laughs) the place. Mamahood, right? Uh, Where we answered some questions that were submitted 
Bayal about this concept of reclaiming audacity. So mm-hmm. I'm sure you have heard us talk about it, but it's the the name or the theme of our upcoming retreat in Costa Rica. And so a lot of people were asking us questions about it. You know, what does that mean? And and so we put some prompts out there and wanted to just hop on and answer them for you all. Yeah. It ended up being a really rich conversation. <laughs> and I wish y'all could see her today's face right now when she said rich conversation. <laughs> I can hear the look on my face. <laughs> but also, you know, it's an IG live. So the audio is as would be expected. It's not the professional podcast. So uh, brace yourself for some sharp S's and T's. So don't come there. for us. Don't come <laughs> for the us. the audio. We know. <laughs> we know. We're aware. Um, but we hope you all get something out of this q and I hope, uh, hope it provides you some insight. Me and my, me and my tiny microphone. <laughs> it's very cute. There's actually something about holding this. Like, there's something I like about like having my hand occupied with something. I don't know why. Maybe because I, maybe because I talk too much. Like, what does that do for you, Vanessa? What, what does it feel like? <laughs> well, probably because I talk with my hands a lot because I'm, uh, you know, from the East Coast, <laughs> and so this helps me contain. <laughs> as I've as I've been told that uh, by people commenting on my videos that the way that I talk with my hands is distracting in videos, and I'm like, well. I'm from the East Coast, so you should follow somebody that's not from the East Coast if that has a, if that's a problem. I'm like, oh, if that's an issue, I'm distracting as well. I tend to talk with my hands a lot. I don't know if that's a... It's okay. So we wanted to hop on here today and have a conversation about some of the questions that we post, that we posted. And this week's questions around reclaiming audacity, right? Thanks, Melanie. Melanie says it's not distracting. It's great. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that positive. Thank you for the support. <laughs> positive reinforcement. So under the kind of umbrella of reclaiming audacity, right? So today we posted three questions that were around this concept of feeling stuck, mm. right? Which I feel like I hear so often as a therapist just on, you know, on Instagram with friends. I mean, I just feel like it's something I hear everywhere. We asked people about, you know, feeling stuck and 86% of the people who responded to the poll said that they did, right? Mm -hmm. Experienced that that feeling of being stuck. Mm -hmm. The other question we asked was around having anxiety about where your life was headed, right? And 89% of people responded yes to that one. So apparently there's, there's a theme here. And then the other question we asked was around, do you ever feel like maybe you're the only one that doesn't have it all figured out, right? Which I feel like logically most of us know that's not the case, but there's something to be said for the fact that, again, I think it was 70 something percent of people responded yes to that one, that we have this feeling of being alone in the stuckness, right? Feeling alone in the, I don't know exactly the way that my life is going to or should pan out, right? Um, and, and the aloneness, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but this idea of not really having maybe a sense of community or at least a community in which you feel like you can be completely vulnerable, transparent and authentic with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what's coming up for me around this idea of being stuck and similar to what you're saying, I think that's something that comes up for so many clients. And, you know, what I've found is a lot of that has to do with being raised in what I would call a little bit of a productivity obsessed culture. A little bit? Uh, <laughs> a slight <laughs> bit of uh, productivity obsession in our culture, right? Um, 
Um, and that, you know, this is going to sound a little bit trite or like maybe irritating, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, Alan Watts said the purpose of life is to be alive. And I think we've lost so much mm. of there's nothing that we need to be doing to be worthy of anything. But, you know, we talk a lot about how so much of the culture that we're raised in conditions us to believe that we need to hustle for our belonging and for our self-worth and to be enough and we're never there and somebody out there is doing the thing that I'm meant to be doing and then once I get there I'll be enough but it's all an illusion and I think it keeps us stuck in this space of feeling like whatever I'm doing it's never enough mm -hmm. and I think I really think a lot of time zone um, where I am now and I, I do this exercise with clients a lot like what are some of the things in your life that you used to dream about having that you've sort of gotten into the space where now you're almost taking for granted because it's yeah. just like become normalized and we all do it. You know, we've like wanted this job desperately and then we get it and then it's like, well, you know, I'm like kind of over it now or this relationship. And now this person's like bugging me and irritating me all the time. Um, but I think it's just this idea of like, we're so socialized to be striving and to feel like we're enough that of course it feels that way, you know? Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, obviously social media culture, right? It's very like comparison based. We're constantly comparing ourselves to everybody else. And, you know, I want to go back to when you said like, this might even sound annoying. Uh, be annoying, girl, because <laughs> I think that there cannot be enough reminders had that life is exactly what Alan Watts said. It is meant to be lived. And that is it. That is the purpose, right? Um, and we don't have to be doing anything to be good. We don't have to be acting any sort of way to be good, right? To be worthy, to be enough. Um, some of the work that you and I do and some of the work that we do in our, in our week-long intensives when we get together is really starting to unpack and break down where this programming came from, right? What each of those, because each of us might have a little bit of a variation of what that program might sound like, right? Based on like our family of origin, based on maybe where we grew up, right? Um, based on kind of maybe our socioeconomic background, all these different things play, you know, racial background, like all these different things play into what that inner kind of dialogue is. But the one thing that we know for certain, we get 20 people into a room together, is that everyone can feel the pressure of living inside a culture that tells us we have to perform to be loved, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, I think, I don't remember whose quote this is, but there's a quote that says something about it is no measure of sanity. I think it was Kalyan. It is no measure of sanity to be sane. Didn't I? It is no measure of sanity to feel like you are insane in a sane, insane world. Is that Hillman? I think that was a Hillman quote, right? Hillman? I don't know. <laughs> the point is of me with this quote that I am just like unable to find in my psyche at all is basically that it's the culture that is sick. It is, you know, so much of what we are socialized to believe is quote normal is not normal in terms of how we are meant to thrive as human animals. And I think so much of what we do in the work of our retreats is really examining if I had to define my life for myself, because here's what we're not taught and conditioned to believe we get to do that. Like we get to decide for ourselves what is the truest, most beautiful life that I could possibly live and define that for ourselves. But a lot of times, and you know, I, I know you, you speak to this a lot when we get into the space 
piece of really asking ourselves that question when we've been so programmed to believe that there's some external force that is meant to define that for us. We're sort of like, I don't even know, like what would be the most beautiful life I can imagine for myself. And it makes us feel like there's something wrong with us a lot of times that we don't know. But I would argue, it's, it, again, it's not anything that's wrong with you. It's just that we've been so conditioned to believe that we don't have permission to do that. You know? So there's two things that come up when you say that. So one is the work around actually reconnecting back to or almost being reintroduced to who you are in order to actually know what that kind of um, next step in or what that ideal life is that you then lean into, right? And understanding that it's not usually like a light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. Usually it does have to do with the process of identity, right? The process of building a sense of self, of understanding who you are, right? And and learning who that person is. Um, the other thing that came up too was, does that feel like a tall order? Does that feel like um, this concept of like, oh, knowing like what that one wild and true life is and what really fills me up. Cause I know for me that actually I can feel a little bit of anxiety in there. Like that's such a tall order that it feels like I'm going to fail. Like there's no possible way I'm going to be able to figure that out. But even that is a response to our culture. Like you could fail. You can't fail at this life. You can't get it wrong. Like I believe in this is something like I love reading the Stoics because they, they talk about this. Like that is the work of our lifetime. The work, mm -hmm life is to come here and know ourselves um but we're so again this you know patriarchal and capitalistic culture that we're raised in really tells us there's a right way to do life and what if i fail at knowing myself like how could you possibly fail at the work of being in relationship with yourself it's not pass fail you're not doing it wrong um yes you're gonna feel like you stumble sometimes yes you're gonna feel like you disappoint people or have challenges in your relationship but I believe that's what we came here for. You know, um, I think we came here to get messy and we yeah. somehow are conditioned to believe that life should just be like clean and clear and precise and it should look a certain way. And that means we're doing it right. It's like, who says? Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and think about how boring our lives would be if that was the case, right? If we just sat around knowing what we were meant to do and we didn't have to do any self-discovery. We just like, you know, knew from the jump. I mean, how well, not only boring, but miserable. I mean, how many people do we know that have done the thing of, I checked all the boxes, yes. I did everything that I was supposed to do that I've been told would lead to a happy and fulfilling life. And actually I'm miserable. Right. And so what happened? Like, What went wrong? I mean, how many times do you get clients that come in to your practice that say some variation of that? Right. Um, I mean, I hear it all the time in some way or another. And so Again, talking with the society that we live in, so much of the work that you and I do is actually around breaking down, I suppose, the kind of bullshit that we are programmed to believe around what is fulfilling and what is it that we can ask for, strive for, reach for, attain in this lifetime, right? Um, but also to sit in that discomfort of, yeah, but this is all I know, right? So now what? A lot of this has to do with, um, like a resilience building practice, right? Like building the ability to sit in the uh-oh, sit in the ick, sit in the I don't know what's about to happen because a lot of us don't have a really big tolerance for that stuff, right? And I think that's by design. I mean, I think that is the, the thing of like, if we're not striving, if we're not doing, if we're not like reaching, 
we are sitting with ourselves. And a lot of times that is challenging um, because it requires all of the fears, all of the angst, all of the existential muck um, comes to the surface in those moments where we're not distracted. Um, and, you know, just sort of circling back to something you said a moment ago, I was watching something where they were talking about how they have, you know, interviewed all of these people who got the thing, achieved the goal, got the gold medal, got the Academy Award. And like the number of people who speak to the fact that they went through the most severe depression. Just, uh, I've heard about this. Uh, once I've achieved the goal, it's like staggering. It's like some 90% or something. Like it's, it's overwhelming because my whole life has been about striving to reach this point of arrival. And who am I now without that striving? Mm. What am I do with, you know, with my time? And I think it really speaks to that our lives aren't really about um, defining ourselves, but about like being in the continuous process of creating ourselves. And that's day by day. It's like, what feels like aliveness today? What feels like a true and beautiful day for me to be living in this moment right now? Yeah. Um, and always alive, you know? So what about the idea of being stuck, right? Because this is another thing, obviously you put that up as a question, but just that term, another one that I hear constantly from people that come in, you know, to work with me as a therapist. Like, is that, I mean, I know I felt that way. I know when I was 25 and I went into therapy the first time, I would bet my life I used the word stuck, mm -hmm. right? And so what are your thoughts, I guess, around this concept or this idea, or this feeling of stuckness? <laughs> You're going to laugh at me. Um, but I think what has really sort of shifted my perception of like moments that were stuck is really starting to um, like study and love tarot over the last couple of years because there's the hangman is one of the cards in tarot where it's like a spiritual pause. Mm. Like we're in a space of contemplation that so often our lives and society don't really hold sacred space for anymore. It's like, no, you should be constantly like knowing what's next and then like new point of striving, all of the thing. But the hangman is really, it teaches us to hold with deep reverence. Like, no, the universe has put me in hangman right now for a reason. Yes. I yes. trust in that. I don't get to move forward. I don't get to be on to the next thing until whatever this moment of pause has taught me what I'm meant to know right now. And it's really just trusting in that whatever thing that is coming to the surface is, is for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I love that. And even if we take it, you know, for those people that are like tarot, which you know, whatever, <laughs> but even if you take it outside of that, I mean, I, I would a thousand percent agree, agree with this concept. And this really actually plays back into what we were just talking about, which is so much of our life is, is spent striving that when we are in a place of forced stillness, because yes, the universe will force that upon you. We're thinking something's wrong. Something's wrong. I'm stuck, right? Even the idea or the concept of stuck has a negative connotation. Like it means that it's like the in-between, right? Um, something just popped up. I was, I was working with a client recently and we were talking about how she's been viewing her time that she's single as the in-between, right? Um, that her life will begin and her life had been lived when she was partnered, right? And this moment of being single is not her living, it's actually the in-between. And it feels similar to that, right? It's like, um, no, this is also your life and there's also purpose to it and there's also meaning to it, but you can't force your way through it. You can't think your way through it. You can't um, rush your way through it, right? Like sometimes we have to be able to sit in that pause, but the problem is 
when we are going back to what I was saying about not having that capacity for discomfort or for stillness, when we are not comfortable with that, it's going to create so much anxiety that we're going to feel like we've got to punch our way through that wall. That's really what that feeling of stuckness is. It's that like anxiety, I would say, that comes up around, I shouldn't be where I am right now. I can't be here. I need to move forward. And that anxiety actually is what, as a therapist, I would want to work with, right? You know, I think that there's, we've so lost the connection to the divine orchestration or the ability to make meaning. Um, I think that's like, you know, in depth psychology, we would talk about like the soul of life, the soul of like what we're doing here and that like all of this is about um, something grander is unfolding. So the moments that I am in a season where I'm meant to be with myself, and that's certainly how I talk about it um, with single clients in the context of what you're talking about is like, no, this is a season that is exactly as it's meant to be. Um, And how do I hold that? I don't have to know. I don't have to control. But that requires us having trust in something bigger than our ability to control. And that's really what, from my perspective, our society has lost connection to. And we used to have elders and community that sort of ushered us into this space of difficult moments. Now we're like, uh, like, or held your hand during it. Right. Yeah. But it's like, I should be watching Netflix or like looking to social media to, to guide me through these challenging moments. And I think a big reason why we're so passionate about community is that there's something that is so healing, um, about being in the space of like, I'm not alone in this feeling of being stuck. This person is saying the exact same thing that I've been feeling as they're describing their story. And it just sort of normalizes what it means to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, listen, for those who have hopped on or those who are going to listen to this recording after the fact, um, Danae and I, I think as depth psychologists are going to probably more so than some other, you know, (laughs) healing workers, if you will, uh, force you to sit in that, right? Force you to sit in the discomfort, but also get familiar with it, right? There's so much to be learned about the self in that space of discomfort, in that space of stillness, in the space of um, silence, right? Contemplation, uh, in the space of community with other people. So if these conversations and topics are something that is calling to you. And I would say um, calling to you and just like, it can even be a whisper, right? Like a sense of a feeling of aliveness. Like this is fascinating. This is interesting to me. I'm curious about this. If there's something in me that's drawing you into these conversations, then I would say, look into potentially joining us in June in Costa Rica, because we're going to have an entire week together not just us, right? But we're going to be joined by two of our friends and colleagues. And we're going to dive into exactly this stuff, right? And we're going to, again, break down some of the common misconceptions, get in there, understand where these patterns have have come from, right? And how we can kind of work towards breaking those patterns and sitting in stillness and building that resiliency and all the things that you and I have had, you know, this conversation about. So the links are in our bio for sure, but we would love to see you all there. It's going to be a really magical week. I love that you said if there's even like a whisper or some part that has like a little bit of a draw to doing some of this deeper introspective, you know, seeking work. Um, I think the most potent moments of my life of like transformation and personal evolution have been the moments that I felt like 
I mean, I'd love to do that, but you know, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to figure it out. This happened for me because there's just some part of me that is hungry to do that. And I can't tell you guys how often Vanessa and I will run these retreats and so many of the participants say something just like that. Like I felt this little, like, oh, I'd love to do that, but oh, I can't, you know, like whatever with Rucker, uh, that'd be like, and I figured it out because I decided to prioritize myself, to invest in myself. And it's been transformational. It's like changed my life. And it feels like, well, it's a bold thing to say today, but I really do feel like that like when we look back, we're like, that was a game changing moment. And it's a lot of times making the decision to do something that feels big for myself in this way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I'll just end with this too. For those of you who are like, yeah, sure. Ideally, I would love to do it, but it really doesn't work with my schedule, my budget, whatever that thing is, right? Danae and I are, I mean, we haven't sent out the official announcement, but we are launching uh, an online community next month. And so Danae and I are going to be leading a lot of live groups, just her and I. We're going to be doing live workshops every month. We're going to be bringing in guest workshop leaders. Uh, there's access to courses in there. There's community in there. I mean, it's so robust and we're continuing to add to it. So if that feels like, okay, that is more maybe aligned with where I'm at in my life right now, uh, the sign up for the wait list is in my bio link as well. And you'll be getting some information from me in the next week or so about the details. So that's also an option too, to kind of have these conversations more in depth, right? And really be able to get in there and roll around in that with us here. Yeah, lots of opportunities to get in the warm water. The water the water's warm. You know I don't get in cold water, so it has to be warm. You don't do the cold water thing the Johns and do. No. Like, yeah, you no, no ice bath for me. No, no. Warm water only. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good rest of your hump day. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us more, find us on Instagram at Cheaper Than Therapy, the podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.